anyone else who is thinking about the journey is taking that moment to put yourself two, five, whatever the number is that's meaningful to you out in the future and really thinking about what that, what that change in your life could be and using that to help motivate and keep you excited about moving forward. Welcome to the Outperform Podcast. My name is Scott Welly. I'm an author, speaker, and the founder of Outperform the Norm, a global movement that helps people achieve peak performance in their personal and professional lives. I've spent my life working with top performers in business as well as athletics, and each week it's my aim and mission to bring you an inspiring person to share their personal stories and insights, or perhaps it'll be a personal message from me, but with one very simple goal in mind, to help you outperform. Your time is precious, and I want to thank you for spending it with me here today. But just one small ask before we get started. If you find value from this podcast, the greatest way that you could possibly thank me would be to head on over to iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast platform happens to be and give it a five-star review. Also share it with somebody that you know that you would like to help outperform so we can all grow this movement together and strive to make the world a healthier, happier, higher performing place. Once again, thank you for being here. And without further ado, let's get started. Julie Lasso, welcome to the Outperform Podcast. How are you? Doing so well, Scott. Thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. You ready to rock and roll? I am. All right. How do you define outperforming in your life and what does it mean to you to outperform the norm? Mm, I love that question. Um, For me, outperforming is all about a growth mindset, identifying the skills that you need to be successful to help support those around you to be successful and then taking really thoughtful, calculated risks to go out and achieve those goals and build those skills. So what, before we even get into any other questions, I know what a growth mindset is, and that's kind of a, a hot topic these days, but what, what is a growth mindset to you, and what, what does that look like? A growth mindset to me is being able to identify what in yourself is both your strengths and what in yourself is a passion, or what is something that's going to unlock value for you and others, and believing and knowing that you have the ability to learn that skill. So my favorite example is this, of are people who say, well, I, I can't draw. And they show those pictures of someone who has absolutely no drawing training. And then in a handful of weeks, they have some very simple training and they can draw beautiful masterpieces where you might just assume that that's not something you can do. It's not a skill that you can build, but there's clinical proof that that's not the case. We're going to come back to this in a second, but before we do, why don't we just educate the audience on a little bit about who you are, what you do, like who is Julie Lasso? So Julie Lasso is the owner and founder of JHL Solutions. It's a business that I started about two years ago. And what I'm really passionate about is helping retailers and suppliers basically match make. So having retailers be able to find really great suppliers that make their products that can, they can sell to their customers. And then on the supplier side, really making sure that the suppliers are ready to work with the right retail partners and get a, a really strong partnership started from the very beginning. And you've had your own business for about two years? I have, yes. So part of that... Yeah, what were you doing before that? (laughs) Prior to that, I was at hometown team at Target. So I'd been there for 17 years in a variety of businesses in their own brand and private label space where I did pieces of this work on behalf of Target. Okay. And 
we don't have to dig into this too deep if you don't want to, but was it your choice to go out on your entrepreneurial journey or was there something that happened uh, um, that kind of pushed you into doing that, let's say? Um, the only push that happened was internal, to be fully, fully, completely transparent. Um, retail is changing incredibly quickly these days, and I just saw a greater opportunity to help suppliers be able to show up and be ready to take advantage and help support retailers as that business is changing so much. And also, I was really fortunate at Target to work with uh, several hundred team members in their sourcing organization. Not all retail organizations have or need a team of that size, but for smaller and mid-sized retailers, I wanted to be able to show up and help provide some of that support and service for them as well. Mm -hmm. Really, oh. really passionate about working with businesses that were looking to grow and looking to change and I could have an impact on. So before we get back into the the growth mindset versus fixed mindset, which I think is always a fascinating discussion on so many different levels, what would you say is your outperforming story and how can it help people? My outperforming story is all around entrepreneurship. So as I shared, I've been part of the retail organization for 17 years and Target certainly has certain places within the organization that are very entrepreneurial. Uh, in the spaces that I was, there was candidly a lot of structure. And when I went out on my own, for me, it was all about identifying who were the right partners I could work with, what were the skills I needed to build and the support I needed, but going out and building a skill set that built an operations, built a marketing, built a business development strategy and approach that I'd never had to build from the ground up before. I've been incredibly um, fortunate at Target that there are so many resources to draw upon. I needed to now be my own resource and take one step at a time and build out that to-do list that I think is now over 300 lines long <laughs> over the last <laughs> years of building that business and not just ticking things off the list, but really thinking strategically of what were the pieces that I needed to put in place to help build a thriving business, which I'm on my way to doing right now. Sure. Well, good for you. Congratulations. I'm glad you. you're on that path. And I'm very curious about the entrepreneurial part of this because I sometimes tell people if if someone would have sat me down before I went out on my entrepreneurial journey and told me all of the things I didn't know and everything that I was going to have to learn mm -hmm. as I'm going through this, I don't know that I would have signed up for that, just to be completely honest with you. I so agree more. <laughs> what are some of the biggest things, and I don't know if this feeds into you know, your ability to to gravitate towards a growth mindset if there's something else, but what are the biggest things that you had to learn when you went out as an entrepreneur? What I found after a few weeks of sitting down and trying to write a business plan that started with, I want to be able to help people, um, was that I needed to have a filter to translate what I'd learned in my corporate experience into how I needed to show up as an entrepreneur. And for me, that was a really great small business program that's run in uh, the Minneapolis area by Women Venture that helped me think through how do I build a marketing plan? How do I build a value proposition for a team of one? And coming out of that experience, I had both a business plan and also a list of really key skills and abilities that I either needed to build within myself or prioritize funding for and hire, basically. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was all a lot about what do, I, what do I need to prioritize and how do I need to organize and put all of those rocks in order? So that was another piece that the, the process really helped me do because you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And that's, that's a little bit of how I thought about that first year to 18 months is make the list, keep reprioritizing and just take it one step at a time to keep moving forward towards what I outlined as my priority. 
Sure. So to go back to the growth mindset versus fixed mindset, I mean, would you say that you're someone that has always had more of a growth mindset or is that something that you have gradually kind of developed into? Uh, certainly more of the latter, I'm sorry to say. I wish I'd had a growth mindset. And if I had advice to give myself as a 20-year-old or a 15-year-old, it would be to think about um, more about what what gave me joy and what something what something I could do that would drive value and mm-hmm. and build that skill, not only be reflective of what are the things I'm currently good at and just try to get better at those things. Mm-hmm. I think it, if anything... Um, there are skills. So business development is a great example. When I was working within the corporate space, I didn't go out and, and go after business quite candidly. The suppliers came to Target and wanted to work with Target. Mm-hmm. And I could influence internally, but to build a business development pipeline to reach out and work with prospects wasn't a skill that I thought I could have. And quite candidly, um, I didn't know if I could do it. That was one of the first questions I had to answer for myself before I started this business. Um, but that's an example of now it's something that I take a lot of pride in. I really enjoy finding and connecting with uh, businesses that I can help. I, I get a lot of passion out of that, but that's not something I would have called part of my core skill set uh, a year and a half ago. And I think about it. I just put this out on Instagram yesterday. One of my favorite quotes is self-limiting beliefs are the governor on our individual potential. Like, and I just, I really do believe that because it's, when we limit ourselves and when we say I wasn't born with this or Mm -hmm. I don't have that um, doggone it, you know, I'm not good (laughs) enough. People don't like me, the type of thing. Right. Right. It holds us back and it truly is a fixed mindset where we just feel like if we don't have it, we're not able to eat that elephant one bite at a time and we're not able to get ahead. So for people, and I think this is so fundamental to whatever it is that we're doing, whether you're climbing the corporate ladder, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're trying to set a health goal, let's say, or, or an athletic goal or anything else, for somebody that may be a little bit more in the fixed mindset what advice would you give to them on how to break out of it and how to transition to growth? I think the, the biggest thing that was a challenge for me as I navigated to a more of a growth mindset was really thinking through and not settling for the idea of being well-rounded, of being good at a little good at everything or good at something because someone else told me to, but to really be thoughtful about my own filter of what were those things that I, I could see value in being good at. And that I was just telling myself that I couldn't do. Well, was that really true? And it wasn't because someone else was telling me to do it or that I just wanted to bounce around and learn a few handful of different skills. It was really more about what's going to drive the most impact for me, for my clients. And, and then not think about it from a place of fear, but think about it from a place of a little bit more objectivity. Of, or what, so what resources are available to help me learn how to do that? Mm-hmm. And, and how can I, who can I partner with? And, and mm-hmm. just taking some practical steps to investigate it a little bit more before I told myself that I couldn't do it. Uh, I wanted to be able to back that up a little bit more. So can you give maybe specific examples on something that comes very naturally to you that, that you're very good at, something that maybe doesn't come as natural, but you know is required to be able to be successful in what it is that you're doing and something that you just said, this doesn't come natural to me and I'm going to outsource it or I'm going to let somebody (laughs) else do it. Can you give those three examples just out of curiosity? Yes, I will do them (laughs) in reverse order because that's how I came up with them and let me know if I miss one. Um, Something that I outsource in my business is within the marketing space. 
So uh, I recognize and appreciate the power of a really great brand. And I was fortunate to be directly part of one for my early career. I knew I would need help designing what that brand would look like. And it wasn't just about picking colors and fonts. It was about how do I represent my core value? So that was one of the first uh, team members in team JHL solutions that I brought on board. Mm -hmm. And um, she's an amazing partner for me, not only in helping me develop my visual branding, but then also what that looks like um, outward facing. So uh, social media tools, et cetera. I knew that that wasn't something I wanted to spend time learning how to use Illustrator and build and do. Right. Sure. Okay. So we got one. So got one. So a skill that I built, and I touched on this a little bit earlier, was uh, business development and sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went into uh, this work thinking that, well, if I just have a strong network, obviously people are going to want to come work with me. <laughs> I wouldn't think. You know, we all think that, right? Well, we I all want to believe that. <laughs> and um, you know, that, that hasn't been the case, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, that isn't a realistic business model to, to grow and generate a business from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is definitely a skill that I've learned to build. And for me, it's, it's less about thinking about it now as being salesy and how I've been sold to, but really thinking about how can I be out there and be um, an advocate for my clients and how do I act as a persistent problem solver. And so that's more about the reframe and removing that limiting belief that salespeople are really pushy and antagonistic and trying to get you to buy something. I'm really trying to understand if I can help solve someone's problem and help explain the right ways to do that. And so for me, that was a reframe. Something that I really love to do is I love to be out there speaking and connecting with people. So I, I, and when I was in high school and um, college, I was in speech and debate as an example. So for me, public speaking is something that I really enjoy. It's something that I'm building on. So it's, it's in something, it's a natural strength for me, but I am, for example, working with a coach on storytelling to really think about how do I help connect with an audience in a more empathetic and emotional way. So I'm, I'm continuing to build out that skill set, but it comes from a place of joy. It's something I really, really like to do. Um, yeah. And now I hope to build that skill to be even stronger. Storytelling is a skill. Facts facts (laughs) tell, stories sell, whether we're talking about sales or speaking or anything else. So good for you. Uh, What one word defines you? Um, That's a really great question. When I've done branding work or 360 degree feedback from friends and peers, the word that is always the top of the list is something along the lines of driven, Mm -hmm. driven or achiever. That's my number one strengths and strength finder. And that's how I approach building my business. That's how I approach um, delivering value for my, my clients. That's how I approach supporting my family and make a plan. I go after it. Okay. Fever. <laughs> <Deaver>, good. <laughs> and I think you kind of touched on this before, but you've obviously learned, I'm sure a lot in the last couple of years, but if you had to go back and give some advice to the 20 year old version of Julie, what would that look like? Well, it's, it's around the growth mindset, certainly, but I think even more specifically, it's looking at individual failures and not thinking about that as a personal reflection of me, but as an opportunity to learn. And so moving away from the idea of being risk averse because you didn't want to make any mistakes and being someone who took some more chances to be able to make mistakes earlier and looking for the learning or the gift in that opportunity or mistake and thinking about how I would either do things differently next time or grow from the experience. I always say one of the best parts of being an entrepreneur is that you don't have a boss. 
But <laughs> one of the worst parts of being an entrepreneur is you don't have a boss. Mm -hmm. So do you have any specific routines or rituals that you swear by that have helped you be successful in what it is that you do? Mm -hmm. Well, I've, I've touched on a couple of them. For me, the organization is key uh, because there are, are so many priorities and, and, and activities that you need to both build and grow a business. So what does that look like? For me, um, it, it starts... It starts the night before, honestly, on a regular work day before I wrap up for the day. Ideally, I'll go through and identify my priorities for the next day and the balance of the week. Um, Friday night, I map out the next week. And then I do also do quarterly planning to map out the priorities for the quarter that will build to the year. Ooh. And then um, I'm, I'm regularly touching base on all of those. So Monday morning, I've got my priority list. I set my intention before I get out of bed in the morning because I went to bed on Friday night thinking about all that I wanted to achieve this week. Mm -hmm. And I, I stick to that list as best possible, but I kind of think about it as a, a jointly built roller coaster where I lay out the track as best I can, but there are other people in my life who also have the power to change that track. But once the day gets going, I'm in the car, it's going, and I just have to enjoy the ride and, and see where it takes me. And I plan the best I can, but I accept that and appreciate that other people can have priorities as well for me. Is that something you've always done, kind of planning your tomorrows today? Or is that just something that you started doing when you officially became an entrepreneur? No, that's something that's been really important for me. Uh, the achiever part of me really loves to have a goal that I'm working towards. Mm -hmm. uh, the growth piece of me continues to build in flexibility and the ability to adapt. So I know I'm going to California and I might have mapped out the next couple of days, but I know that there's some flexibility in how I can get there as an example is how I try to think about it. Sure. How do you prioritize the different things that you want to accomplish throughout the course of the day? And I know you brought up the word to-do list before, which I, <laughs> yes. I'm usually a completely anti-to-do list because <laughs> I feel like if everything is a priority, nothing is a priority. But when you are planning your tomorrows today, how do you make sure that you're focusing on the things that really move the needle and the things that are the biggest priority in your life? Well, for the quarter in the year, I have top rocks, if, you, if you're familiar with the EOS uh, language, attraction language. So I have the top priorities that I want to achieve. And then I break down and understand what are the supporting to-dos that are going to help me move forward and how am I going to know that I'm tracking on those. It's a certain number of XYZ um, or percent improvement, things like that. And then off of that massive to-do list that I have, I filter it, to be honest. And so I have high, medium, and low priorities, and then I have next. And what I label as next priorities are the ones that either sequentially have to come first before I can get to the bigger priorities, or they are the biggest priorities that I need. And I try to focus on what can I achieve in a week. And mm -hmm. I, so I reevaluate that priority list. Usually it's Friday afternoon, so that's what I'll be doing after we get done talking today. Okay. And, and outline that uh, for the next week and, and, and do my best to frame that out on the calendar when I'm going to get to those activities. And, but I definitely have time for what you call, we can think of as chaos planning of when someone else takes control. Okay. <laughs> do you have any favorite quotes or sayings that you live your life by? Mm, many. Um, the well, let's one, narrow it down to maybe yeah, a couple of them. No, Just no, give me the top course. ones. One, um, one that I think about a lot now is don't compare your insides to someone else's outsides. And that was a big key for me. This is kind of becoming a theme now within the growth mindset of when I, when I first heard that quote for me, it was all about thinking about empathy of, 
not necessarily knowing what brought someone else into the room that day or what they were bringing into the room with you and being empathetic for the person that was in front of you. Um, more as an entrepreneur, how I think about it now is I don't let what I see someone else doing um, create some fear or create resistance for me in being able to do that for myself. So as an example, if I'm watching Scott do an amazing presentation in front of a, a group of people, I don't think, wow, I can't do that myself. I try to think about it more of like the musicians or, or magician or scientific mindset of how, how did Scott do that? What were some of the things that he had to learn to really be able to stand up in front of the room and captivate an audience in this way? And then evaluate what are those things and would this or could this activity be something that would help me help my clients and do I want to pursue it would I be interested in taking those steps learning that skill and again not evaluating from a fear base but evaluating it from this is what someone else has been able to do and think about can I emulate that at some point just because I can't do it now doesn't mean I can't think about how I could show up and do my version of that and I think that feeds so much into the fixed mindset versus growth mm -hmm. mindset that you said. And yeah. we all do it. Um, I don't know exactly what the quote is, but it's something to the effect of social comparison is the thief of joy. Um, mm -hmm. But comparing ourselves to others, I do it too. I compare myself to other authors. I compare myself to other speakers. And I think about, wow, if I see them up there on stage doing absolutely amazing things, right. there is a part of me that thinks, I'm never going to be able to do that. <laughs> and you have, and it's, you know, self-awareness is a, a skill for all of us, but yeah, to just absolutely. be able to recognize that that's your initial thought and then shift that to, well, how do I take some of these things and eat the elephant one bite at a time and just become a better version of me based on kind of what I'm seeing, um, I think is key for all of us. So any other if favorite? That adds value. I think that's the other thing I'd say. Yeah. If that adds value, I, I don't need yeah. to be great at everything. Yep. But if it adds value, if it brings joy, those are the things that I want to prioritize my time on sure. learning. Yeah. Any other quotes or sayings that you live by? <laughs> uh, that's a really great one. One that popped up in my Pinterest feed um, was that rest assured there's someone out there who may be less qualified than you, but doing the work that they love simply because they showed up every day and they wanted it and they continue to want it. I'm like, well, that's a very good one too. <laughs> that's I, not to say that not to put anyone else down. And, and so I, I don't mean to have that, have a negative tint, but it's really about, yeah, if I, if I want it, I can be, I'm in charge of making that happen. And so I found that to be empowering and motivating in that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, showing up is, is more than half the battle sometimes. Yeah. Taking control of your destiny. That's exactly the truth. Right. If people would like to learn a little bit more about you, connect with you, uh, what are ways that they'll be able to do that? Oh, thank you so much for asking. So uh, a couple different ways. So LinkedIn is my uh, social media connection of choice. So you can find me at Julie, J-U-L-I, Lasso, L-A-S-S-O-W, or on my website. So it's jhl-solutions.com. You can connect with me either way. Um, I'm on LinkedIn fairly rarely putting on articles, but I'd love to learn and, and certainly take in um, really great entrepreneurial ideas, retail industry. So I follow quite a few different, um, a few different aggregators and would love to connect with more people as well. But happy to either share entrepreneur, entrepreneurial experiences or if you're interested in learning a little bit more about retail and sourcing, uh, it's, I'm a total geek. So I'm happy to, to talk about that. <laughs> Total geek. The first step is admitting the problem, right? <laughs> is there anything you wish I would have asked you that I didn't? Mm, 
Well, the question I love to answer is my favorite part about being an entrepreneur. Okay, go ahead. And um, so for me, my favorite part really is very sincerely and truly learning something new and making sure that I take a moment to celebrate that newness, either whether I learn it for myself or learn it for myself or it's something that I'm able to teach someone else. And I see the light bulb go off in their eyes and that they now have that skill. They now have a, a piece of that ability that they didn't have before. And seeing that impact in a very real way and having that be the core part of my business model is, is incredibly gratifying, something I really enjoy. So, I mean, that was going to be my next question was whether you had any, any words of wisdom or any parting shots. Uh, I feel like we've, we've gone through a lot in a very short period of time here, and it's the type of episode that people will probably have to listen to multiple times to digest all of what you said. Um, I might need to listen to it multiple times too, but I mean, are any other, if you were to just condense a little bit of what you've said and give people maybe just a couple of things that they could really take away from what you've learned in your life as an entrepreneur and otherwise, what would that be? I think it's taking that moment to find the value within yourself that you want to bring to others. And if, if you build a business around with a, a service mindset, it really helps create a, a great filter to prioritize what are the things you want to learn and what do you want to do? And it helps make it much more clear. So it's not just a list of 300 things that you've got to check off mm-hmm. just to get one foot front of the other, other, but really knowing the value you want to bring is a great way to provide a lot of energy and, and momentum behind Mm-hmm. Um, what can be a pretty daunting undertaking, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Have, so I'm going to ask you a couple more questions on this. Have, have you ever struggled to really put yourself out there when you became an entrepreneur? Because one of the things I found interesting when I made the transition was I was a regional sales manager. So mm-hmm. I, you know, a dozen different states and was right. business to business, but it was very easy when I was selling a product or a program for another company that wasn't my own. Mm-hmm. But then once mm-hmm. it became mine and my company was basically me, mm-hmm. there was the little part of kind of the imposter syndrome of like, right. well, I don't, I don't want to be pushy. I don't know if this is good mm-hmm. enough and hard to really put yourself out there in a big way. Did you ever struggle with that at all? I did. And there's a couple different ways that showed up for me. I think the first one was when I left Target, I didn't have my business model fully fleshed out. I wasn't working on my business plan for two years before I left the organization. It was really more just in my in my mind. So what I, I wish I would have had more comfort in doing is when I, when I stepped out, uh, really being thoughtful and talking to who my target audience was and making sure I really understood their pain points and wasn't making assumptions on what their challenges were based on the outcomes that I had seen from within the target building. And just mm-hmm. been a little bit more transparent with the fact that I, I still need some help. I want to validate this idea and be more open and vulnerable in that way to ask questions and not show up with solutions that, that weren't sure. valid. So I think that was a piece of it. And then it's certainly showing up for the first time, not as, not as someone from Target and not having that, that brand and that business around me was definitely a challenge. So I, I agree with you there. And so there were elements of who am I? I've been part of amazing teams at Target, but who now that I've walked out those doors, who am I? What skills do I have with me that I can claim as my own? Yeah. and used to offer value. So I think those are the two things that I really navigated early on. 
Yeah. I still do, honestly. Just to, I continue to use that as a filter as I think about growing my business. And a part of the reason that I asked the question is just because, I mean, you, you used a couple of lines that I hear often, you know, I don't want to be pushy or, or sometimes people being reluctant of, you know, being out there and selling and kind of the false narrative or however they're rationalizing in their own head that comes with that. And I remember I was listening to a podcast not that long ago and it was Seth Godin. He was being interviewed by Tim Ferriss and it was just a, an amazing thing that I listened to a few times. But he had a line right at the end of it where I'm probably going to butcher it, but he said something to the effect of when you come from a place of absolute contribution and service in whatever it is that you're doing, you'll never worry about being pushy. You'll never worry about putting yourself out there. Again, it's just a reframe, I think, like you said yeah. before, but it was something that really struck a chord when he said that. And it's something that I think about a lot now when I'm doing different things in my business. No, oh, I love that. I think uh, what, what someone who is newer on the entrepreneurial journey, and I certainly consider myself part of that set still, is the, the confidence in being able to do that while you're still building it as a skill. So getting out of your own head and repeating whatever steps of this is what you do to, to build sales. This is the type of conversation I want to have and really focusing on the person across from you when you haven't built the muscle memory mm-hmm. or the emotional memory to take yourself through that journey yet is really tricky. Um, it, it gets easier with time and, and, and certainly easier with coaching and support. Uh, but yes, that's absolutely something to aim for is coming from a place of support and, and service. It puts you in, in, a, in a place that I, I think in my experience that prospects and clients can really respond to in a very genuine way. But that, that is a skill in itself to build. And I think it's also knowing you use the word journey before. And I sometimes say it's not about the, it's about the journey, not the destination. And I also think part of the growth mindset versus fixed mindset is knowing that we're never we could have a podcast in two years from now and your business will probably be totally different than it is now. Like, it's not like you're going to arrive at a destination and all of a sudden (laughs) get the ringing voice from God. That's like, okay, now Julie finally figured it out and it's perfect and everything's great. Like it is about continuing to grow and continuing to do it better. Um, Such a powerful thing. So anyway, we could go all day on this, but any other words of wisdom or parting shots before we sign off? Mm. Well, one thing that you made me think of when you put out in the universe that in two years we could have an additional conversation about this, I think it would be the last parting thought I'd leave with anyone else who is thinking about the journey is taking that moment to put yourself two, five, whatever the number is that's meaningful to you out in the future and really thinking about what that, what that change in your life could be and using that to help motivate and keep you excited about moving forward. So I'm excited that now we have a future date Scott, to sit down and have a podcast. <laughs> yes. Okay. In 20, will be in, here. My yeah. business will be here. Um, we'll, we'll set the date now. God willing, in 2021, we'll regroup and we'll make this happen again. Perfect. <laughs> all right, Julie, on behalf of the entire audience, uh, we want to thank you for sharing all of your words of wisdom and your outperforming story. Thank you. Thanks so much, Scott. It's been a joy. And everyone out there, wishing you all the best of health, happiness, high performance, and have a great day. Hello. 
Hello, outperformers. Three more quick things before we sign off here today. First and foremost, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I understand how many different podcasts are out there, and I do not take a single second of your time for granted because time is truly our most valuable asset. It is our most precious commodity, and I appreciate you taking that time and you spending it with us here today. Second, if you found value in this podcast, maybe you've noticed, but podcasting has gotten quite popular as of late. And if you would like to help support the Outperforming Movement and the Outperform Podcast, one of the best ways that we can get it found is for you to give it a favorable review and rating on whatever your favorite podcasting platform happens to be. So head on over to iTunes, head on over to Google Play, and give it a favorable review. And while you do that, also share it with someone else that you know that is just like you, is driven by growth and wanting to be the best personally and professionally in every single thing that they do. Number three, if you want even more tools and tips and strategies to be able to be your best personally and professionally, head on over to scottwelly.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. There are loads of different resources for you on everything from goal setting and grit to resiliency and focus to confidence and motivation and routines and habits and everything that you can possibly imagine to help you be your absolute best every single day, personally and professionally. Once again, if you'd like to access those free resources, head on over to scottwelly.com, S-C-O-T-T-W-E-L-L-E. So as I sign off, thank you again for spending your time with me here today. Keep outperforming and as always, wish you the best of health, happiness, and high performance. Have a great day.